Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 674 for March 6, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Barb Bouchatz with what he's calling programming adjacent. <laughs> so he's saying this is a Chit Chat Across the Pond light, but I don't actually know what we're going to talk about today. He's been very mysterious on the whole thing. I, I did ask you to trust me, and I did say <laughs> that it would be programming adjacent, and adjacent is the word, because really... It's a way of thinking, right? Be- being a programmer isn't about learning a specific language, right? It's about learning concepts, but it's also a way of thinking. Like if you go to, if you learn science, you don't just learn science; you learn a way of thinking, right? I've seen you do it a million times. If you see a problem, you absolutely, positively will never change two things at once. Right, right. Or if I do it, I do it with eyes wide open to know I did it. <laughs> exactly. So that's engineering thinking that you're applying to goodness only knows what. Right, mm-hmm. Because that's how your brain works. So my brain works like a programmer's brain, whether I'm programming or whether I'm doing domestic stuff. My brain works like a programmer. Okay. It's wired that way now. It's wired that way. So when mm-hmm. I run into a problem to be solved, I solved it in what I call a programmer-like way. So the problem to be solved, because this is Alison's show and that's how we start everything. Mm-hmm. At the start of the pandemic, I found myself throwing out food. Hmm. We had a real shortage of food in this country because of all sorts of reasons, including stupid panic buying. But the place was a mess. Shopping was hard. Food was scarce. Shelves were empty. And I was finding stuff that had passed this best before date and spoiled in the back of my fridge and I was throwing it in the bin. And that just made me so cranky. It's like, this is like food waste is always wrong. It's always immoral. But, in <laughs> right. the, you know. The first days of the pandemic, we did not know how to how to exist as a country. It was new to us, right? I mean, now it's so normal. It feels weird. It feels We're in the weird. rhythm of it, at least. Right. I, I saw an old interview of our prime minister and he didn't have a mask. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. That was completely normal. <laughs> I have that as a recurring nightmare, by the way. It's happened, I've had it probably 25 times where I suddenly look around and I'm not wearing a mask and neither is anybody near me and I'm in a crowd of people. I wake up in a cold sweat. <laughs> I think we all do. The, only a few days ago, about a half was describing exactly that nightmare to me and I've had it a few times as well. It's, uh. it's, the, it's the 2020 version of, way of dreaming you have no pants on. Exactly. <laughs> I knew a guy exactly. who had never had that dream, by the way. Wow. Never had the dream of showing up to work or school without wearing pants. Huh. I thought I thought that was universal. I I thought well, it was funny because it was at a party and he looked at me like I was crazy and I took a poll of everyone <laughs> else there and it, he was the odd man out. <laughs> I would think so. Well, anyway, so, this is not about dreams. No, so like at the start of the pandemic, our supermarket shelves actually went bare for a while. Not all the shelves, but you could not find an egg to save your life. Potatoes I had real trouble finding, and uh, nice bread was like gold dust. All the really horrible stuff was everywhere. Well, no, even that was hard to find eventually, but nice bread was really hard to find. It fixings um, to make bread here were what disappeared because everybody decided to learn how to make bread, especially sourdough bread. That was the thing. So you couldn't yeah. make bread. Like buying flour was just, it was impossible. Right, which is why the eggs were all gone. Ah, Okay. And the milk, because we're Irish and we make tea, um, and tea has to have milk. I don't agree, but anyway, I'm, I'm a foreigner, so I guess that's why I don't have milk in my tea. Anyway, uh, so I tried to avoid going to the stores, but when I did, the shelves were a mess. 
home deliveries were coming in, A, they were trying to find a home delivery date that wasn't 20 million years in the future was really hard. And when they did arrive, you know, half the stuff you'd ordered was missing. Mm. So food was hard to come by and I was throwing it away. The other thing that happened is a lot of our producers, the first, their first reaction was, okay, we need to keep the basics on the shelves. So they all just collapsed their ranges of products. So okay. instead of there being five different types of bread from, you know, Pat the Baker or whatever, there's like two. And my darling beloved is a celiac, which means our choices were always limited. So and celiac sudden, again is... Um... Is gluten genuinely allergic, cannot have any, as opposed to a mild intolerance that makes you feel a bit bloated. Okay. It's like okay. three it's days of agony for a crumb. Okay. So our choice has always been limited. And when all the ranges collapsed, a whole bunch of staples actually vanished because the company that makes the best noodles is called Amoy. And they had like three different types of rice noodle and God knows how many types of wheat noodle. All the rice noodles vanished and there were just two different types of wheat noodle left. Oh, no. We can't have any noodles now. So long so, stringy poison. <laughs> long stringy poison all of a sudden. Gluten free pastas. Like, it just all these holes started to appear in all of our stuff. And then the other thing that happened is I switched from going to this. I used to go to the store every day. I used to just. As I passed by, I would go in and get five or six things. So I, hmm. I was in the shop every single day. There was never much of a supply in the house. And that obviously wasn't going to float in, in a pandemic world where there were queues out the door and everyone wasn't going to float. Right. And then all the home deliveries. Like when I buy stuff, I'm really good about best before dates. But the home delivery, you'll take what you're given. Hmm. So okay. chaos reigned in my kitchen. And as I was struggling to find a balance between having enough reserves to have food on the table every day and not throwing stuff in the bin, I was losing. I was throwing food in the bin. I was okay. like, this, this is not working. So I needed to find a way to get it so that that didn't happen anymore. Um, and at the end of the day, to me, it was a data structures and algorithms problem. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> I needed to capture the information that needed to be captured in a format that made it useful, and I needed a set of repeatable steps to avoid problems. Okay. Data structures and algorithms. And the whole kit and caboodle ended up being physically represented in the real world by three whiteboards. Hmm. One of which is vital, one of which is optional, and the third of which is a bonus little extra tip at the end that actually has nothing to do with this primary problem. Okay. But hey, I figured I'd share all three whiteboards anyway. So. The first whiteboard is the vital one, and the other one is useful, and the last one is just a cool bonus extra. So my primary whiteboard, so Bart's food planner. So the primary whiteboard is the centerpiece of this whole system, is divided into three parts. There is what I call the weak grid, the larder log, because I love alliteration, and the fresh produce log, because I figured I'd write it for Americans. I never gave them names until today. They were just three regions of the whiteboard until today, and now they have names. Okay, so before, the, before we dig in, I'm looking at the three photos you sent, and I'll put them in here, but I don't know which one uh, I'm looking at. Is well, this the one with lots of words on it? It's the it's photo one, which you're going to stick in they, about three paragraphs from now. They didn't name them uh, when they came oh, through from yeah, Telegram. Okay, so when I telegram okay, so it's the big one. The big one with, with lunch, dinner, and larder on top? That's the one. Okay. So the grid is seven rows and two columns. 
because my breakfast is the same every day, so it doesn't need a column because I have oatmeal with either an orange or a grapefruit, depending on whether it's a boring weekday or a fancy weekend. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so there's a column for lunch and a column for dinner. So that's the grid. And then there's two other big wishy-washy regions, one for the larder and one for produce, so fresh fruit and veg. Uh, and so... In order to actually, the first the first tip I will give is in order not to lose your sanity, I bought some gridding tape, which is basically black tape you stick on a whiteboard. Oh, so those okay. grids don't rub off. So oh, I can okay. just wipe away on my whiteboard, and those grids don't go away. All right, this this, this is very helpful. Um, and in the show notes, then the first photo you're going to stick in is uh, the grid as it was today. That is, in fact, my current planning grid as it was just after the Tesco's order arrived yesterday evening and I did my once-weekly in-person shop. So that is my larder as full as it gets. And my whiteboard is also pretty darn full, actually, and that is as much fresh fruit and veg as ever gets into this house. So that is my, my system maxed out. That's fine. So let's let's talk about what's in it. So the data structure is we've got uh, seven days for lunch, seven yes. days for dinner. So we've got uh, yeah. these two columns of seven, and then we've got this giant pile for larder and giant pile for fresh veg. What's in what's in larder? So larder is name value pairs. It's it's an object. The larder is an object, <laughs> or so it has name value pairs. The names are food. The values are best before dates. So everything there, you can't read my handwriting, but it's a state. Oh my gosh, you three. cannot read your handwriting. Yeah. You are not kidding. I am. No, no, this is for me. This is. I see is the me. word cheese and turkey, and there's like there forty things in the larder. Those are the only two. I, well, well, there might above be veggie turkey something. is tofu with two O's because that's a brand name, and above that is salami. No, that's Follow a safari and tolu. <laughs> <laughs> something it's cheddar but i don't know what cheddar this is this fancy is, this is fancy cheddar it's i actually knew you had bad handwriting <laughs> oh yeah it's terrible it also has code words in it because if you look down so the fresh veg is just like a heap in computer science speak okay it's wait just, a minute For, so the top half is larder and and it's like three it's four sevenths or whatever of of the of the right column yeah. and then below that is fresh veg so those don't yeah, so have fresh, best before dates Right, because they're literally, I, I buy them whole, so they, they don't even come in plastic, right? So there is, mm-hmm. they're just in a pile in the, in the larder, and they're just, they're just a pile on the board. Okay. Uh, but- and they're full of abbreviations because I'm a lazy sod, because I am not writing butternut squash. I'm sorry, that's BNS. Okay. SSP are sugar snap peas, uh, MT is munch two, CF is cauliflower. Munch I know my abbreviations. What's hmm? a munch two? I believe you guys call them snow peas. Oh, okay. Because they're peas you eat whole, right? You don't shell them. Right. So the French for eat is mange, and the French for everything is two. So mange two. Eat them all. Okay. T-O-U-S, so all. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I love mange two. Delicious. Anyway. <laughs> uh, and sugar snap peas you also eat whole, but they're chunkier than a mange two and sweeter. <laughs> okay. So anyway, if you can decode it, you can see that I have very eclectic tastes. Oh, ASP is asparagus, which I adore, but my darling beloved hates. But that's, I eat the asparagus and he doesn't, Uh, (laughs) which is fine. So yeah, so the stuff that doesn't have a best before date is in the fresh veg pile. And the larder is the stuff that is in the fridge or on a shelf with an actual best before date, right? So, you know, turkey, salami, all those kind of things. So do all of these things disappear every week? I mean, does the larder go to zero? 
Well, nothing ever goes to zero. So the whole system is cycle is cyclical. Okay. The, the board is never empty and the days are a circular array. Okay. You'll notice the dates, right? So at the moment, the dividing, the date line, the international date line is between Friday and Saturday. So Friday is the 12th and Saturday is the 6th. That, that oh, promise you oh says, I see. Says okay, so 12. the dates are moving down? You're, you're the having dates a... keep cycling around, but the oh, letter, Lord. the days of the week stay in the same place. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay, so, so you to, actually could write the days of the week in that black tape. I could, and I'm thinking actually of buying stickers with the days of the week. <laughs> okay. All right. But the actual date changes every day, right? So every day the whole system moves down, and at the end of the week it jumps back up to the top. So it's a, it's a, it's like a circular array in programming. So okay. The bottom connects at the top. So it is actually a permanent system. The other important thing is the colors. The colors have mm. immense importance. So black is for labeling things. That's straightforward enough. And then red in the grid is for stuff expiring on that day. So on Thursday, I have eggs, uh, salad, and um, if I zoomed in, I can mackerel. Thing is mackerel. Is, yeah, is mackerel. it really? I, oh, okay. It genuinely, is mackerel. So on next Thursday, I have eggs, salad, and mackerel expiring. So obviously, I'll have I won't have those together. But over the days before that, I need to spread those out. Oh, this uh, is on, not a meal planner. Ah, that's what the green is. Right. So the red is what's expiring. The green is what I plan to eat that day. So you'll notice that so far I've only thought a few days ahead. Okay, so Saturday the 6th and Sunday the 7th are They're, have stuff in green. But if I, so the, if I go back up one in this uh, cycling data structure, mm-hmm. I get to a day that only has stuff in red. But that's because that's actually a week from now on Friday the 12th. And you don't know what you're going to eat, but that red stuff better be done by Friday. Bing, bing, bing. And okay. that's the beauty of the system, right? Because I can stand in front of the whiteboard scratching my head and going, right, so I have salmon that has to be gone by Wednesday and stir fry that has to be gone by Friday. Why don't I do a salmon stir fry on Tuesday and, you know, call it a day? So then um, those things move, turn to green in Tuesday and disappear from Thursday and Friday? I don't delete them from Thursday and Friday until I've actually eaten them because I very often change my mind. Wow. So I'll write the stuff in green and then I'll stand in front of the whiteboard and go, do you know something? really don't want mackerel today and i'll move the mackerel to tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> so, so as soon as it's eaten is when the red stuff gets deleted so at the end of the day so tonight after we finish recording i'll go down the and i'll sixth okay today's the sixth so today is lamb baked potato cauliflower with broccoli i did go with the onion even though it has three question marks after it because i wasn't sure if i was going to fry up an onion but i did uh, and some fennel and some courgette so the fennel, the courgette, the onion, they will, and the, the cauliflower and the broccoli, they'll vanish from the fresh veg. And the lamb will disappear from wherever it is in the grid, which is Monday the 8th. So the lamb will get rubbed out from Monday because it's now eaten. And then once that's done, I'll take my eraser and just rub through the whole of Saturday, delete it all, change the 6 to a 13, because it now becomes next Saturday square. And that'll be that. So uh, do you ever empty the database on the right? Well, it gets, so if I eat something, okay, so the other thing that happens, okay, so after I delete the whole row and I write the 13, then I look in the larder for anything ending in 13, and it now goes into the Saturday, the 13th square, and gets deleted from the larder. So the turkey will disappear tonight Oh, so as soon as you write it in red on a a day that you've identified the date that it's going to expire, 
then yeah, you, exactly. then it dis, you also erase it from the larder. Exactly, it goes from the larder okay. at that point. So the larder is for stuff that's more than a week in the future. And once it's okay. within a week, it has a place on the grid, right? Oh, I see. I see. Are you allowed to steal forward a week when you just don't feel like mackerel and you want that turkey? Uh, well, if the mackerel is going to expire, it has to be eaten, right? And the mackerel, okay. I'm afraid, is not in the larder. The mackerel, I'm afraid, is in the grid. So that mackerel is being eaten before it's Thursday the, grid. the 11th. Okay, once it's in the, the grid, other. it's sacred. Right, because the whole point is not to throw food away. Right? So once something is within seven days, it's in the grid, and God darn it, it's getting eaten. But I can reach <laughs> into the larder. If I'm really in the mood for some tofu before the 20th, I can have tofu. Oh, you can't? As, as, as long as it doesn't force me to not eat something in red. <laughs> right? Imagine it's next Wednesday mm-hmm. and I have the salmon needs eating. Mm-hmm. Well, the salmon needs eating. I'm not having the tofu because the salmon needs eating. But Unless if I have you the stuff salmon, yourself and eat both. I guess I could. It'd be an odd meal. But as it happens, <laughs> the salmon is penciled in for Sunday, which is tomorrow. And I'm very much looking forward to it. So that problem won't arise. Oh, that's right. Because green is, green is a plan. Green is the meal plan. So for tomorrow, it's salmon, sweet potato, the other half of the cauliflower and broccoli and the bean sprouts that uh, they're actually not due until Tuesday, but I think they'll go well with the salmon. Okay. All right. But they don't get to, <laughs> they don't, that's really they, they don't complicated. They <laughs> until I've actually eaten them because I changed my mind, right? I could get up in the morning and decide that I really don't want sweet potato today and I'll just rub it out in green and then I'll change it to, I don't know what I'd have instead, pasta or something. So every as it rolls through the system, I I have not thrown out a single piece of food oh. in months. It is months since I've thrown out food. Oh wow. And that makes me extremely happy. And the other thing is because I can see it all ahead, I get to have meta rules. I I call them guidelines because I don't stress over them. They're just nice to have. So my main guidelines are avoid having the same starch for two days in a row. If I have pasta today, we're not having pasta tomorrow. We could have rice, we could have potatoes. We're not having pasta. Why is that in the guidelines? Because I don't like having the same food two days in a row, so I have decided that is in the guidelines. I like to alternate them. So if I have pasta today, it's rice or potatoes tomorrow. Okay, all right. (laughs) In the guidelines, right? I don't like having potatoes more than three times a week. So I try to have... I don't like potatoes, really. Oh. <laughs> so I have I have them boiled once, baked once, and roasted once. And as far as I'm concerned, that is enough potatoes for the week. Okay. I also hate having the same class of, the same type of protein two days in a row. And I, I categorize protein very arbitrarily. I have red meat as one category, pork as a different category, which I don't think is technically correct. Poultry gets a whole category by itself, and fish, and then vegetarian. And so if we have lamb today, there is... Well, tomorrow is planned for salmon, right? Precisely because it's not red meat. Okay. I also By the way, they call pork th- white meat here. Yeah, pork. It's, yeah, it's, here we sort of think of pork as being it doesn't know what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's not quite not red meat. What if it's you throw bacon meat. in there? <laughs> uh, bacon is pork. Right. <laughs> right. So if we, have, if we have bacon today, then we won't have, I won't have pork chops tomorrow. That's you know, I really want to see this as a flow diagram. <laughs> I, I, I think what would be fun to watch it is as a video, because if you'd see it updating every day, you could actually watch the food flow through. Oh, yeah. You've got to do time lapse, Bart. Got to do it. Oh, okay. You'd, I, I you'd have to... Anyone s- could rewrite it, but no, I will. I will. I'll, I'll snap it a few days in a row, actually, because then, then you really see it in action. 
Right. Um, but the other you thing set is, I want to have so it's the same, so we're not too disrupted by the movement. <laughs> well, that's true. You could line it up easy enough, I guess, because it has a grid that doesn't move. I want to have fish three times a week. Ideally, white fish twice. Maybe one of them smoked, and only red red fish only the once because it's too too much mercury otherwise. Hmm. I want to have a completely vegetarian day once a week. That is that is hmm. my climate change thing. Try okay. have a completely vegetarian day once a week. Um, and I like to eat the rainbow, which is apparently how you get all your vitamins and stuff. So when I'm picking my vegetables, I try to have as many colors as I can. So as an interlude before the next whiteboard here, hmm. describe to people who haven't followed your health journey five years ago on this <laughs> list, what of these foods even existed? Oh, Actually, almost none. And what I was eating then is does not exist on this list. You'll notice that my larder contains no pizza. Mm -hmm. It contains no ready-made meals. Mm -hmm. It contains ingredients, which I turn into food. <laughs> well, just the fact that your larder, your fresh vegetable list is so huge and eclectic. I remember you telling me that you only knew about, what, broccoli and potatoes or something like that. Those were Peace. the vegetables. I, I, my list of vegetables I knew about was tiny. Like, if I, if, I look at, uh, if I look at the list as it is now, it's probably easy to say, so right now, I would never have eaten the parsnips because I thought they were ugly and yucky. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that peppers came in shapes other than bells, so the pointed peppers would not have existed. Um, I didn't even know that a Swede was a turnip, and I certainly wouldn't have eaten one. Um, Sugar cooking apples. Peas? Sugar snap peas, I would have known about those, but they were quite exotic. They were in Chinese food. Uh, <laughs> Savoy cabbage, I would have been something my granny made and I didn't know what to do with. <laughs> Fennel was the most exotic thing on planet Earth. Leeks were horrible. I always liked courgettes, actually. Aubergines, I don't think I would have eaten an aubergine. And a butternut swash was a weird American thing. By the way, aubergine yeah, that's just what's the in the Americans, at the moment. That's uh, eggplant. Uh, aubergine is eggplant, yes. And a courgette is a zucchini. Oh, okay. Okay. Actually, in sweet potato, which is at the top of the list, because I adore sweet potato now, mm. I would never have had a sweet potato. Would I not have known what potatoes. they were. Yeah, you're right. Almost nothing on that list would have been known to me. Yeah. It's, so, it's yeah. just a, an interesting interlude there as the, uh, the, the change that's come about and why you look and feel the way you do now versus five years ago. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. When you had and life expectancy of about three years at that point, right? I mean, at this stage, it's been quite some time since I've been slowly tweaking. Because mm. right? even as I lost the weight, I was losing the weight with very boring meals. Mm. And now I'm continuing to maintain a healthy weight with... I, we eat a lot nicer than we used to. Yeah. At the start, yeah. At the start of my health journey, my food was not nearly as nice. And I, the food is food is important to me. I really, mm -hmm. I really genuinely enjoy building up recipes and stuff. Um, yeah, so no, you're right that that is quite the larder compared to what it used to be. Yeah, and it's really fun to explore, and you know, I, I it's noticed, harder this year. I don't see uh, like any canned ingredients in here. Yeah, the cans I don't bother writing into the larder because they keep like forever. Yeah, the one the one uh, story I will never forget is I've never been great at looking at you know if I've got a jar of pickle relish or whatever in the in the fr in the larder and I haven't opened it then it's fine would be my assumption right except uh, Rod I'm sorry Rob Dunwood on the SMR podcast 
wanted to make a hot dog one day and he went into the cabinet and he had a, a jar of pickle relish. I think it was pickle relish. And he pulled it out and he used it and he woke up in the in intensive care unit of the hospital. He had such violent food poisoning that he almost died. It was like five years old. So now I always check those when I pull those out. It's like, I won't take a can or a jar out of anywhere. I'll, I'll probably drink expired milk before I would do that. I, I think actually the most dangerous thing for ending up in hospital is if the, if there, if the seal has been broken. Hmm. Yeah, if the pop the the lid is popped or something like if that. If the lid yeah. is popped or the side is dented or something, because then bacteria can get in there and do their thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the, you know, a, a pickled food is good bacteria. Not all bacteria is good bacteria. <laughs> right. The other thing that makes me crazy now is how long milk lasts. I don't know about your milk, but our milk is like a month and a half then it must be treated. We have something called UHT and then we have something called milk and the the UHT stuff lasts forever. But our regular milk lasts like a week. That's what milk's supposed to last. I don't know what this yeah, Oh, natural. You're right. Oh, natural. As it comes out of the cow. Well, pasteurize, although, pasteurizing helped with that a bit, but... True. Although at the moment, the milk in our house comes out of an oat. And I have no idea how you milk an oat, but... Uh, <laughs> What did you say the type of milk is called? Oh, well. We use uh, UHC, we call UHC. it ultra. UHT, so ultra. UHT. Maybe it's ultra heat treatment or something. Interesting. God, what it is. Ultra high temperature processing, yeah. Huh. Yeah, there we go. Well, I'll have to yeah, go find so out about forever. that. Well, anyway, yeah. we're only through one whiteboard here. To be honest, that's the, that is right. That is what has made the biggest difference. That whiteboard alone is enough to stop me wasting food. But in order to keep the household running smoothly... One of the coolest things I've, I, I came across by accident one day, we have these supermarkets called Little and Aldi where they just have these, there's always something on special offer, but it's always something different. So every week it's this random cheap stuff. It could be anything from a power drill to a teddy bear, like <laughs> anything. Okay. And they had rolls of whiteboard, as in... <laughs> A roll of self-adhesive whiteboard. So oh. well, how can you not buy a roll of whiteboard? That's, <laughs> I want a roll of whiteboard. So our fridge in the new house had like this perfect square cutout that looks like a window, like it's mm-hmm. just a recess. Mm-hmm. And it was the same, it was approximately the same width. It was a little narrower than the roll of whiteboard. So it now has whiteboard. <laughs> and on the old house, actually, we had uh, had a roll of whiteboard down the side of the fridge because our fridge was standalone. Oh, interesting. Uh, but basically, it's broken into three because every household needs a thou shalt, thou should, beloved, please remember to. We all have those kind of messages. They're either note to self or note to other half mm-hmm. or note to kid if you have kids. Mm-hmm. So the top third is for notes and reminders. The middle bit. So I have done all of this food planning. Mm-hmm. And my darling beloved knows how seriously I take this food planning thing. So he knows he can't just wander up to the fridge and eat random eat stuff. Eat the tofu. Right. So there's a safe list in the middle of the fridge, which at the moment is rather empty, just says red apples. Oh, it says to eat. eat. Yeah, it's called to eat, exactly. And so anything that he's allowed to snack on with gay abandon is on that, is just going to be listed there. (laughs) And if I underline it, it means not just you may, but actually, would you mind terribly? Oh. (laughs) All right. And then the, the bottom half. So I maintain the shopping list in an app on my phone. But I don't know what he's eaten that without telling me, and mm-hmm. he'll forget. 
So the bottom bit is for him to write anything on the whiteboard that he has finished. So if he finishes the sugar, I need to know to buy a bag of sugar. Okay. So he can just write it in. And the other cool thing I found is magnetic holders for any whiteboard marker. So you notice stuck to the top of the microwave is a marker, a whiteboard marker. Right. Which means it is literally, he is standing at the fridge. He doesn't have to move one foot. He can reach up (laughs) for the pen and right onto the fridge. We need more milk. (laughs) So when he eats the red apples, he has to move right red apples for shopping list. He does if he wants more. I hate red apples, so. Oh, okay. Okay. And if he gets a whim, or if he gets a craving, it's like, I would absolutely love some, well, it wouldn't be pickles, that'd be me. Uh, but, you know, whatever he gets a whim for, he can just scribble it on the whiteboard list, and then it will appear like magic. Now, now what's your programming analogy to this? Is this uh, like the development area, or um, unit testing, or? I guess that's sort of like a scratch space, right? Sort of. Yeah. Know. Yeah. But yeah, and it's just, to be honest, it's not vital to the system, but it sure does help avoid those arguments of, ah, beloved, you didn't tell me the last of the sugar is gone and I wanted a cup of coffee and then there's... none of those arguments happen when you just, it's, just, it's so simple. It just stops domestic arguments. We use a so uh, a whiteboard for our grocery list and uh, I, I explained to the kids once that it's actually a magic list because if Steve <laughs> Steve sees it on the grocery list, he puts it in his grocery list. And when he's at the grocery store, he buys it. There's He will never stop and go, wait a minute, and call to see why we put, you know, banana cream pie on the list. If it's on the list, he buys it. That's It's just money in the bank. I'm pretty darn sure I'm the same, to be honest. It's pretty, pretty much, this system is pretty much automatic. So you could definitely hack the system by writing something really stupid in there. <laughs> I'll just come home with it. like Because <laughs> it would happen, right? I, I, happen. I find this so fascinating because it, because it couldn't possibly be more, except for the fact that there's whiteboards involved, it could not be more different than what we do for meal planning. And probably well, most people week. have heard it, but we eat the same thing every week. Well, that, every that week. is planning, but God, you want to be sure you like it. Well, yeah, we do. We don't <laughs> repeat stuff. I mean, every once in a while, there's an experimental thing. We did a pasta this last week, That was, but that uh, it's like once every six no, three months, maybe we'll try something that isn't already in the rotation. So, uh, but uh, yeah, no, we know what we're going to eat because we eat chicken, rice and broccoli. We uh, actually, there is a wild card. Diane sometimes goes to the farmer's market and gets salmon on Tuesdays. And if she gets salmon, she started leaving a slot open and then that becomes a wild card night if, if she doesn't get it for her. So. Oh, salmon is good. You talk. You yeah, we, talk. Don't, we don't have a weekly slot. See, if I had a weekly slot for salmon, I could never have fresh tuna. Because mm. that's that's redfish as well, and no one have two redfish in a week. I did not know that redfish uh, contain more mercury. Well, certainly the, the the I don't think it's necessarily all redfish, but the redfish we tend to get here all are the ones that tend to have long lives. So mm. they have lots of time in the water, drinking up all the pollution and concentrating it in their flesh. Huh. So your tunas, your swordfish, your salmons, they tend to be hmm. those really nice oily fish with all those omega-3s, those ones. Yeah, interesting. You, you also, you're talking about the uh, uh, having someone shop for you. We, we haven't been in a grocery store since March of last year. And uh, it, it, some of the situations are hilarious. I, we, we eat three packs of chicken a week. We eat a lot of chicken. 
And uh, we're not very imaginative in in that. So lots of chicken. And uh, so the woman comes to the door to deliver it. And she says, well, there was buy one, get one free. And this has happened before. So we end up with this stupid amount of chicken. And so she Steve says, so did you get four or did you get six? And she goes, well, you asked for three pieces of chicken. So I got two packs total. No, 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 no. We asked for three packs. So you got us two because it was on sale. That's not right. We go around and around and around with the woman. And she she says, well, I'll just go back and get you more. And Steve said, no, 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 it's not a problem. Just just go ahead and go. I'll go. I'll, I'll get it taken care of. So we unpack all the groceries. There's no chicken at all. Oh, she has given us no chicken. When we were afraid we were getting six, maybe three, possibly two, we got none. And by the way, the turkey wasn't there. And I told Steve, I said, you know, that poor woman's driving around in her car with that chicken and turkey in her car. You know, she left and she's got it and she's going to show up at some point. And he says, well, I don't know that for sure. So let me order more. So he contacts the the shipping, the uh, grocery store service company in there and they're very apologetic. They credit it to the, to us. And they give us, they deliver another set for free. And then she shows up at our house. She had it in a cooler in her car. So we now have- How many weeks of chicken are in your freezer? We have uh, six things of chicken, four things of turkey, and we paid for none of them. That's pretty good. <laughs> I guess so. But, and then we felt bad for her, you know, because she probably got dinged for it. But it was oh, like, no, she did tried so hard. <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, so yeah. we're only two two thirds of the way through the the whiteboards for this process. This is the bonus, the bonus tip, right? So th- that's the planning all taken care of. But you may have noticed that because I do a lot of exercise, I eat quite a lot, and I like to have a bit of variety. So you know, the traditional Irish meal is potatoes, meat, and two veg. Well, for me, it's protein, starch, and three veg. Hmm. So that means I cook five dishes every day. Wow. Right. Which means if I don't have my ducks in a row, what I end up with is one fifth of dinner ready now and another fifth of dinner ready 20 minutes from now and chaos. Mm-hmm. And I don't like chaos. That's okay. I've learned. I hate chaos. So obviously we need a system. We need an algorithm. We need a cooking algorithm. Okay. And the answer is my third and probably my favorite is whiteboard, because if you removed it from me, I, I don't know if I could live. I think you'd find me like dead in a corner after a few weeks. <laughs> So I call it my run sheet, but it's physically not a sheet and I don't run around with it. It's a whiteboard. It is a portable clipboard size whiteboard that is magnetic and it looks like a clipboard, but it's a whiteboard. And uh, basically, every evening I go to the grid and I read what's on the grid for today. So today it was, uh, what was it today? So today the grid said that I should be having um, lamb, baked potato, cauliflower and broccoli, onions, fennel and courgette. Now, those are ingredients, not recipes. Right? Okay. What am I going to do with the fennel? I decided to have it with balsamic and bay, which is delicious, by the way. Um, And I decided to roast the courgette. So, obviously, I need to turn these list of ingredients into recipes. So, I pop open paprika and I start searching for cauliflower. So Paprika, by the way, is a fabulous uh, app. If you don't have it, you should just buy it. I've never yes. ever yes, mentioned yes, yes. it to somebody who bought it and said, I didn't end up needing that. Everybody loves it. It's the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. And I got it from, uh, oh, shoot, I'll, I'll remember in a minute who it was. But it's in the Mac App Store, and I'll add a link to it. Yes, please. because And I recommend it to a million people. And those people have recommended it to a million people. It is 
it rocks. My whole family's so on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mac App Store, iOS, everywhere. Windows even, for those weird people. It's everywhere. <laughs> Stop it. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go through paprika and I'll just search cauliflower. And then I'll pick a recipe. And then the recipe will obviously have different lengths of time for things. Mm-hmm. So I start to fill into the whiteboard the timings I need for the broccoli and the timings I need for the fennel and the timings I need for the courgette. And what you end up with at the end of the process is a step-by-step guide of everything that has to happen in five-minute intervals from start to finish. So that's what you say, but there aren't any actual words on that whiteboard. This this whiteboard makes your other whiteboards look like you were typeface typing. (laughs) Right, so the, the end result is in absolute shorthand like it is it is it is total and utter shorthand because okay so the right so the structure is extremely important it's like a syntax for programming so the the structure is exceptionally meaningful so the first thing is time is represented in minutes from finish so five minutes means five minutes from finish 10 minutes means 10 minutes from finish finish is the bottom of the whiteboard so each one of those things is uh, is how long they take, but they need to be placed in the order of when they finish. Right. So they're actually at the point in time it needs to happen. So at 10 minutes from finish, I need to end the marinade. At five minutes from finish, I need to start the lamb. At 15 minutes from finish, I need to heat the griddle pan because I can't fry the lamb for five minutes from the end if it hasn't been preheating for 10 minutes because it's a giant big cast iron yoke and it takes forever to heat up. 30 minutes from the end, the broccoli and the cauliflower had better be in the oven. 40 minutes from the end, the fennel needs to be in the oven. An hour from end, the baked potato has to start. Wow. Bart, this, we do this once a year on Thanksgiving. <laughs> right, but I make five dishes every day. Yeah, we make three. Yeah, five is... Well, these five is harder, so. and they're complicated recipes. That is, yes, so... The first rule is the times go down the left-hand margin okay. in five-minute intervals. The universe has a quantization of five minutes for me. Ah, okay. That's useful. It's always in, in five-minute chunks. So there are tasks that has to happen at one of these intervals. So they get okay. an arrow, right? One hour, arrow, start baked potato or bee pot, which is all I wrote. And at 40 minutes, start fennel, heat pot, as in preheat the pot that's going to have the onion in it. So in between the hour mark and the 40-minute mark, I'm not doing nothing. I'm preparing things. But they don't have to be done at any specific time. Okay. So all of those tasks get poured into the gaps, and they're represented with a star in front and behind them to say that these are fungible. So prep B plus CF is prepare the broccoli plus the cauliflower. I can't see any letters on this at all. I know. it's There's no... I think I see 35 and 25 and 20 and 15, but there uh, maybe a five. I see nothing five else that's intelligible. <laughs> it's five min is the very bottom. Five min start lamb. Ten okay. min end I see marinade. the arrows. I see the arrows, yeah. but I can't, I can't even find the stars. <laughs> so one of the things I do very, very diligently when I write recipes in paprika is I note the preparation time. So okay. I know that it takes me 10 minutes to prepare the broccoli and the cauliflower and 10 minutes to prepare the fennel. An hour start to bake potato, 40 minutes later, 40 minutes from the end start the fennel. So there's a 20 minute gap there. So I can fit those two prep tasks in that gap. 
Hmm. So I start to pour in all the prep tasks and inevitably there are more prep tasks than there are holes, which is why the first real step is an hour from finish. But before I can start that, I need to have some other prep done in advance. So I have to have the baked potato prepared before I do the baked potato. That's not rocket science. But above that is prepare onion. I don't need the onion till 30 minutes from finish, but there's no room between the hour and 30 to do it. So that has to go up the top. Okay. And then the the other type of thing I fill in holes with sometimes is uh, stuff that's not related to the meal. So they get listed with dash dash because they're optional. So at the very, very, very top of the list is start marinade. And a marinade, there can be too short. It's not too long. So start marinade goes up at the very top, followed by chores, which today was empty the dishwasher, fill the dishwasher, sweep the kitchen. All the time the marinade is marinating away. Then I made dessert. Then I finally got round to preparing the onions, preparing the baked potatoes, and then the timer gets started. Right. One hour from finish, start the timer. I have an app called Multi-Timer, and I always run exactly two timers. The first timer is for whatever length of time the first number is on my run list. So in this case, it was an hour. The second timer goes bong every five minutes. It's an infinite five-minute loop that just goes bong. Oh, that's a good idea, because you better be on the next five-minute chunk by then. Exactly. So so when I look at the Multi-Timer, I see two numbers, time to finish and time to next bong. And every time I hear a bong, I just look at the list and go, oh, 40 minutes. What do I need to do now? Ah, start the fennel, turn the potatoes, sorry, heat the pot, 30 minutes from the end, start the broccoli, turn the potatoes, you know, etc. So it's, I'm always, every time I hear the bong, it's like, okay, what do I do now? And then I just get back to the in-between filler tasks. I would really find it interesting for you to recreate what you think that whiteboard says in, uh, like, typed text. <laughs> I can do that. That's it would be it would be fascinating to try to have a lookup table from real words to what you do with a whiteboard pen on a whiteboard marker because I got news for you that is not handwriting. <laughs> well, no, it's it's complete and utter shorthand, right? I, I just recognize the vague shapes of things, and also it's full of abbreviations, right? C plus B C is courgette plus baby corn. Okay, B but I can't C-F. see C's and B's. I can't see those letters. They're not on here. There's just like Forbes did the handwriting because he doesn't know how to write yet. There aren't any letters. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it, it is, it is, it's only function in life is I need to recognize the scrolls Absolute. as being symbols. Absolutely. I just did not, I knew you said your handwriting was bad. And a lot of people say that, but this is, no, no, uh, it's, this is yeah, I've been, hilarious, actually. My teacher used to joke I should be a doctor <laughs> because the only thing that looks like that is a prescription pad. Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. And then I'll see, you'll notice the magnetic pen holder again, because as I go through, everything gets stroked out, which is really satisfying. And sometimes oh, yeah. I'm really efficient and I get ahead of myself in the preparation task, which is absolutely fine. Just as long as the time tasks happen at the right time. So I can race ahead with anything with stars next to it and get ahead of myself. But I just can't get behind myself. This is really, really interesting, Bart. I, I uh, can't say that I'm going to adopt this path. <laughs> Well, it has another advantage, right? So because the process has become completely automatic now, right? It doesn't involve any thinking. Mm -hmm. I can listen to podcasts with my full attention because this is a robotic task. Uh, Because it's been been automated. Because it's been automated, exactly. So I am listening to, 
I, I while I'm cooking, I tend to listen to the really cerebral podcasts, the the ones where you have to pay attention to. Ah, okay. Uh, while I'm out on the bike, that doesn't work as well because the real world is full of scary things that move. Oh, right, right. So you better have fluff on during that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's where the fluff goes. But when I'm cooking, I because this is such an automated process, I'm free to concentrate on what I'm listening to. So you know, a lot of the the really nerdy stuff, be that civics nerdery or be that nerd nerdery, that that gets listened to while I cook. Oh, interesting. So yeah. Uh, so anyway, the other reason I would never need to do this is. Uh, we discovered something really interesting in the cooking realm here for the first 20, well, 32 years or 30, somewhere around 30 years of our marriage. It was probably 60, 40 me cooking, maybe 70, 40 during certain parts of the, of, of Steve's career. And the great thing about uh, having, working on an, eating on a schedule is that when you come home on Wednesday, you know, it's chicken, rice and broccoli. You don't have to wonder what should I make for dinner tonight? What will someone feel like? Because it's Wednesday, yeah. you will have chicken, rice and broccoli. So that was always nice. So I did probably, you know, more than half of the, the, the cooking. But then after we retired, Steve started micromanaging me in the kitchen when I'd be cooking. So, I mean, I've made burritos on Thursday nights for well over 20 years. I'm pretty good at it. I know the task to be done and I could do it. But he would come in and he would turn the heat up or he would turn the heat down or he would cover something when it was supposed to be uncovered and he would uncover it if it was supposed to be covered. And he kept messing. And I was getting more and more angry with him. And finally, I said, fine, you cook. And I left. And it turned out he wanted to do the cooking. Why did he just say? Hey, Alison, I'd like to relieve you of this drudgery. I'm not sure that had, I, I don't think he thought it either. I don't think that, that he actually realized it, but we have come to this wonderful place where he loves to listen to the news while he does it. And I don't like to listen to the news. And so he listens to the news. He does his cooking. I got my little doorbell that I found on the side of the road that I've talked about. He rings the doorbell once. That's my five minute warning. And then I get a second one and I'm to be downstairs and I am fed. It is absolutely delightful. I should get myself a doorbell because our system is mildly different. At the point in time when I hit zero on my chart, I holler up the stairs and I say, plating up. <laughs> and it takes me five minutes, to, you know, because all of these, you know, a bit of garnish on this, a splash of vinegar on that, whatever. You know, so it takes me about five minutes to go from, you know, end of actual recipe to it being on the plate. And so that gives himself five minutes to save his game or say goodbye to his friends and whatever he's up to. Right. And then he appears downstairs and we have dinner. Actually, the other thing, while I'm plating up, he's setting up the television. So, ah. and that's kind of a bit more like your thing, because Fridays is for all mankind day, and you know Thursdays <laughs> is Star Trek Deep Space Nine day, so I can listen to the Mission Log podcast. So we do kind of have our, our it's routines It's scheduled around Star Trek. I mean, as one does, right? As one should, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this was fun. I... Uh, it was a nice interlude, a nice, uh, a nice light episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and so if anyone says that cooking is all arty farty, nope, it can be computer sciencey all you want, right? You can have an algorithm, you can have data structures, you can... <laughs> and I love whiteboards. That is the other takeaway. I love whiteboards, and they should all be magnetic. That is my rule for life. All whiteboards should be magnetic, or in rolls that you can stick, or in rolls. Yeah, because that's just fun. Anyway, yes. So uh, business as usual next time. But uh, until then, happy computing, or maybe cooking. happy cooking. Yeah, both, both, do both. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. 
You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSillaCast ways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed. <laughs>